90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. It's nice. It gets well, the people going. You are now listening to Diagnonsense. That we would just be idiots saying nonsense. With Kurt Honak. Damn it. And Isaac Smolden. I am also here. Thank you for tuning in to Diet Nonsense. I'm Isaac Smolden, and I'm standing across from Kurt Honak. Kurt, how are you today? I'm doing great. We've got a couple guests on. We've got Roger Heimaker and Eugene. Yeah, all again. We're talking about The Shining today. You know, it's the Roger and Gene talk. It is the podcast Rod- it invading is. Yeah. Nonsense today. Yes. That is yeah. true. Yeah. Big collab. Well, and we appreciate you guys letting us on because I will mention we are talking The Shining today. And that's a movie that Gene and I um, are not going to do on our regular show because of my intense dislike of this film. Wow. When I pitched this to Roger <laughs> two months ago or something, Kurt and I had talked and, and we try to do movies every now and again and we try to break it down. Because it's supposed to be a mental health focus, right? We have to stay somewhat on topic if we're going to get. Oh, this paid movie's to come all about mental talk. health. Oh yeah, is it though? Because it I I oh, thought it that is. it was. <laughs> I think Roger's going to disagree with you. I thought that it was, and I don't know if I still have that opinion. I was just so all I knew about this movie was the the pop culture stuff that kind of you know here's Johnny and a mm-hmm. dude and family at a hotel with no one else dude goes crazy tries to kill family <laughs> but the well, that I, is kind of the movie that is well kind of <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it is well we'll get into it but when I when I pitched it to Roger I did not expect to get the response that I did <laughs> from Roger which was I hate that movie and mm-hmm. I would be happy to come on and talk about it to let everyone know how <laughs> bad of a movie it is and i yeah, said i was okay i was like roger hating this movie because i saw this movie when i was a kid at a drive-in you know i saw a lot of movies at drive-ins you know with my cousin i remember you know the red room the tony you know but and i remember not really liking it but then i knew we were going to do this podcast so we watched it and you know i have to say my opinion changed is it one of my top oh, movies no. do i love this movie no but does it suck no it does not i watched it for the first time and then the second time in preparation for this podcast i watched it once getting ready for the podcast and then i i had it rented and my wife had never seen it so she we rewatched it the next night not entirely what i expected what's your history with this kurt uh well okay so i was introduced like um to it i I've, i've seen it a few times off and on the years but like childhood friends their family they, this was like, I don't know if this was their introduction to horror. They're like East Coasters. Boston. They're from <laughs> Boston. They, they were like, um, I remember they were like, it freaked them out. It was like this, they were, <laughs> it was like, I don't know if it was their introduction to horror, but it was, you know, they, they remember watching it and it being like profoundly, you know, scary. It but, freaked me out a, a little. I'm not a big horror guy. Yeah. And, and you guys are a full horror podcast, yeah. pretty much. I, I yeah. there are it's some. That's all we do. There, <laughs> there are some visuals in there that, that I think are great, that are intimidating. If, if you don't watch a lot of horror, I think it probably is scarier. Well, for its time. For, yeah. Maybe. And then revisiting it the second time, I had some different thoughts. I think, uh, well, yeah. I think on the surface, I think my elevator pitch for it is pretty accurate. Dude and his family go out to a hotel in the middle of nowhere, no one else around. Dude goes crazy, tries to kill his family. And I thought we were going to have a profound conversation about <laughs> isolation and all these, you know, the, the symbolism. And then I watched the movie and 
I really like some of the visuals. The music is is my favorite thing. Ask Ozzy. Agreed. We've been listening to mm. uh, ballroom music for yep. the last week while we've been working. It really does it for me. And then there's there's some stuff because then I like Gene. I went down the YouTube rabbit hole, yeah, and there's stuff like that. that. <laughs> and That's I was shocked by what I found. There. I had to I had to get out of there. I had well, to extradite myself. So would you have picked up on those things without no the YouTube rabbit? No, well, because no, they're no, ridiculous. No. Like no. the. Like Danny is wearing a shirt that has the Apollo 11 logo on it. Yeah, I mean. So one of the things on YouTube is that, oh, the moon landings didn't happen. And so Stanley Kubrick is telling us to let us know that he was in on the whole No, 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 no. That's where (laughs) you're wrong. The video that I watched said that that it's an allegory (laughs) for the fact that Danny was uh, molested by his father. And if you look at this and ignore that there's a whole day break in between this scene and this (laughs) scene, then it totally makes sense. that's pretty elaborate. And there's bears in this picture and boys in this picture. And so the the first time I saw it, it was it was creepy because I because of the the way the film is set up and it's shot and it's the pace and all that stuff. Not I didn't know any of the references that I've seen on YouTube when I initially saw the film. Right. Like for the average viewer, (laughs) no one is going to. get. And this is where it falls apart is because for the average viewer from a plot standpoint. Yeah, I thought. Okay, so Danny has The Shining, and so does Scatman, Scatman Crothers. Yes. Right, right, and, right. Halloran. And, Halloran in the movie. Yep, and and then thought that the whole thing is that, oh, Danny has The Shining. There's all these dark events that took place here, so he's seeing... They, they have a line in the movie early on where it's it's just a watching a movie or it's just like a book, right. like it can't it can't hurt you. Danny, yeah, Danny says that. Yeah, and, and Danny has Scatman to tell him, like, oh, you have these powers, it, that stuff's going to happen, and then... Jack also has The Shining. That's where Danny got it from. And he's seeing this stuff, but he doesn't know that that's what he has. So it drives him crazy. And I I thought that that was the whole point. And I was down for that plot. I actually, the movie, if everything else was the same, except for the fact that in the last 15 minutes, his wife starts to see the ghosts. If you just removed that scene, she starts to shine. I, I just think, I disagree. I think the plot just falls apart. I think that if, if just <laughs> Jack saw coherent. the ghosts and just Danny saw the ghosts and his wife, Wendy, didn't see anything at all, she just is hap- is being chased by Jack and, and doesn't know what's going on and it's a creepy old hotel that's empty, I think the movie totally works for me. But as soon as she starts seeing no. ghosts and starts seeing stuff that isn't even connected to the rest of the movie, these it is images... Connected. It is connected. Oh, Gene, what? It okay, is. Okay, so and I've, I've, so I'll tell you my theory. I, I'm from Colorado, right? It's um, the, Which is why the, he likes this movie now. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley Hotel, where this is supposedly set, is in Idaho Springs, Colorado. I've been there a million times. But um, at the opening sequences is actually Glacier National Park. In, um, it's off the Canadian-Montana border. And it's actually a hotel they call the Overlook Hotel, which actually appears in other movies. Like, uh, Misery, the Overlook Hotel, appears in other, mm. in, uh, other st- uh, Stephen King works. But the actual hotel is um, it's called Timberline Hotel. It's set in Oregon. And it's interesting because I, I consider this movie to have different characters. One is Jack. It was Jack Nicholson. I thought it's interesting. They both had the same first name, Jack. Wendy, Shelley Duvall, Danny. His, his name is Danny Lloyd in real life. Yeah, Halloran, Scatman, Carlos, you know, that Isaac said. But the Overlook Hotel in itself is a character. In the and book, not in this movie. No, <laughs> in this movie as well, because Absolutely at the beginning wrong. they allude to it. 
you know, when when Jack is going through his interviews, they say that there, the, the hotel overlook was built on the Indian uh, burial ground, and there were battles at mm-hmm. the very beginning to because of this sacred nature of this hotel that this that was built right there. Right. I love and that so, they just threw that in there. I was like, no, does that's it, a on central, top of everything else, does it have like, to be on the Indian burial ground? No, that that's that's a central thing. It sets up that the hotel is like, it's an entity of it itself, and it has powers unto itself, the hotel. And it's itself a character. And so I don't know if you, if you watch it, you notice the parts of the hotel change. His typewriter changes, how the, the hotel is laid out seems to change. And then just the whole thing at the end. It's called bad direction. I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, I want Gene to be able to finish, but I'm watching Roger's face right yeah, now. Roger, I, Roger, I can't yeah. wait for Roger to, okay. to take his go at this. Yeah, it's just, I think it is mental health because Jack certainly is a, is a damaged character. He abuses his son. And so he is a little predisposed to mental illness. And um, this hotel is possessed. And uh, as he's staying in the hotel, you know, it's about shining, shining as we have being able to see the past and the future. Jack loses himself in the hotel and eventually he loses his ability. He loses himself. And eventually what is Jack? Jack is his body, but really it's the hotel has completely taken him over because then it's not Jack anymore. It's just the hotel. And so that's why it fits at the end when, when his meeting with the, um, with the caretaker in the bathroom and the caretaker says, you've always been here. And he says, I've always been there. And that's right. And that's true because they've always been there because they are the hotel. And at the very end of the movie, it shows like an old picture from 1921 and Jack is in it. Well, of course he's in it because he's always been there because the hotel has always been there. So that's my take on it. And it totally fits. It totally fits. <laughs> like at the end, we were talking about this before the we started. Yeah, Wendy's running through the hotel and she sees these these characters. It's that she starts shining then. And again, shining as you can see the future. And she remember she looks down a hallway and there's like a person in like a pig costume. It's I like, think it's a bear. Kidding? It's supposed to be a bear. It's a bear. That's what yeah. my YouTube rabbit hole right, said. Yeah. yeah, but then they're really close. And I think what she's seeing at seeing at that point is she's seeing her son Danny but in the future and the bear oh is my god. Bear. oh my god oh, so no. this is the an bear is Tony how far you know down something? the rabbit hole you can go <laughs> you know something it's like you have to have contextual evidence when you analyze something and I can back up what I'm saying by contextual evidence absolutely <laughs> Roger so this I, is an I'd example. love for you to give your this rebuttal. is an example I you think. just hate the movie that's this just is it. an something example bad happened to you of what you can a happen bad sandwich or something of what can happen don't like the movie with this movie right so for anyone else out there that likes this movie that's fine i'm glad you like it here's why this movie sucks first of all i just told you that's pretty good <laughs> first of all we've put stanley and there's more we've, stuff I we've put stanley about. kubrick on such a high pedestal that he is this genius director and on some level that is true dr strangelove 2001 a space odyssey and a clockwork orange no question those are genius films now we get this piece of garbage movie taken from <laughs> Stephen I, King's... I would not call it garbage. Stephen King's novel. A lot of the stuff, like Isaac, you mentioned about Shelley Duvall, who's horribly miscast, by the way, no, wandering just, through the end, the hotel at the end. Great casting. Seeing the skeletons and the cobwebs and all that. That was Stanley Kubrick going, oh, wait, right. I have to make sure everyone understands that this hotel is haunted. So I'm throwing that crap in at the end. 
you don't even recognize that it's a haunted hotel because he set it up. Stanley Kubrick has changed the focus of the book, which was on Danny, who had The Shining, as well as Scatman Crothers' hollering character had The Shining. Jack doesn't have The Shining in the book. Jack is a secondary character. It's Danny's story about his interaction with this hotel, which is actually a living entity in in the book, which is not alluded to on any level. In the movie. Scatman Crothers and Danny have a good little conversation, remember, when he gives them ice yes. cream? They talk about this. They talk about how things can be, uh, residue from the past can right. remain right. if there was some tra- traumatic event or whatever. They talk about burnt In toast. the book, there is no question that this is a haunted hotel. Jack Nicholson, who is also horribly miscast in this role, is in the book more of a common, uh, great common casting. everyman great casting. type person who is not immediately perceived as dangerous like Jack Nicholson is. You cannot have Jack Nicholson he, he in your threw movie. Me off. He threw me off right from the beginning. I will say that I there was no redeeming qualities in right. Jack. That first scene, I'm like, this dude is, there is something off with this guy. Right, and so yeah, yeah. what there Stanley is. Kubrick he is a did. beginning mental illness for sure. What Stanley Kubrick did is, I want to make this story about this mental illness case which is completely removed from what the actual story of The Shining was. And it's just Jack Torrance's descent into madness. And then, oh, by the way, I have to throw a couple things in that Stephen King had in his book to make sure I can call it The Shining. The Danny character is a primary driver of the entire book. Why does Stephen King hate this movie so much? It's for many of the reasons I've just mentioned, that it deviates so far that it loses the actual focus. Is this scary? I love the fact that Kurt and Isaac, you've mentioned that, well, we don't watch a lot of horror movies, so it was kind of creepy. That's the audience for it. You haven't seen <laughs> yeah. a lot of horror movies. This one we is the, the normies. Because, yeah, this we're just, is a, a relatively safe movie to, to gain entrance into horror because nothing happens. It's boring. If you read the book, you're going to hate this movie. The only way to like it is, oh, Stanley Kubrick's a genius, so the reason I don't like it is I'm an idiot. I've got to go down this YouTube <laughs> rabbit hole. I did get called an idiot by multiple right. YouTubers, and I do not appreciate it. I got told to go watch Marvel movies, and I said, hey, oh, I, must, I watch Star Wars movies. Thank but, you very much. But that's what we do, forget right? We, we see this piece of work that sucks, but it's by this genius, kind of like Tenet with, with Christopher Nolan, right? Tenet, oh, that movie's also crap. No, it's not awesome. But suddenly, because it's Christopher Nolan, no, we're just not smart enough to understand it. And, of course, Christopher Nolan is super pompous. He's like, well, you're not supposed to hear the movie. You're supposed to feel the movie. (laughs) Stanley Kubrick is the same deal here where, oh, I can just take the name. It's Stephen King's The Shining, although notice it doesn't say Stephen King's The Shining. He's credited way down at the end. The Shining. Because it's Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, which has very little to do with the book. At the end of the book, of course, Jack redeems himself, allowing his family to flee while he blows up inside the hotel. So the entire yeah, the hotel, hotel gets blown blows, blows up, up in the book. The fact that we are now going down these rabbit holes to try to say things like what you were saying, Gene, about, oh, yeah, he was wearing that Apollo 11 shirt, which is Kubrick <laughs> yeah, saying, crazy by the stuff. way, everyone, I, that's I, crazy I, I faked stuff. the moon landing. And, oh, the pattern on the carpet, that means that's this. And, nonsense. And all this garbage. It's We can't understand or believe that Stanley Kubrick could actually make a piece of garbage movie. Geniuses <laughs> can be genius to a point, but they all have things they shouldn't do. I'm not asking John Carpenter to direct or Toby Hooper to direct Terms of Endearment. <laughs> I shouldn't be asking Stanley Kubrick to direct a horror film because he clearly doesn't understand it. And by the time he decides to do horror right at the end, way too late. 
Oh, I agree with with uh, both of you in some begrudgingly. <laughs> I, I, That's quite the rant there. I, I it's, it's what happens when I talk about The Shining. Oh, and I yeah. do want to say Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall, based on the characters Great that casting. Stephen King wrote, are wrong for this movie. Shelley, the Shelley Duvall oh. character. And first, we do need to point out that I, if this movie would, was made today, and Stanley Kubrick did what he did to Shelley Duvall. And Scatman Crothers he as well. Would be, he would be in jail. Mm-hmm. So he was mentally abusing that poor woman to get a performance out of her. Why? Well, one, she's not a good actress anyway. Two, she's horribly miscast. <laughs> not miscast. She Absolutely does great. miscast. She's great. Because in the great. book, Wendy, now, you, Wendy well, was keep... not so subservient and so meek. And so the character in The Shining, the book, is much more confident and self-assured. And Roger, you've got I, I this think... character... Played by Jack Nicholson, there is no scenario Wendy gets out of there because he could well, completely I gotta, overpower her. I got to say her. this is I think I think we're deviating here because we're reviewing the movie movie The Shining, and so you you keep going back to the book, and I think <laughs> that's part for, of the for review. Here, no, 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 the book is out. It's gone. Absolutely, we not. have that's to let you the movie trying to justify. We why have to let the movie stand <laughs> on its own. The book is I haven't read the book. It I don't know. It doesn't stand so, on its own. I think it does. Absolutely I think I explained not. that it does, know. and I, I, I can back it up. I'm agreeing yeah. with pieces of what you're saying. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think well, Kurt, Roger, Kurt, you have not talked. So well, say something. I, I, I think it's a it's a great entry <laughs> movie into horror. But I agree with Rogers. I mean, I agree with a lot of Rogers' criticism when I when I reviewed it. And and Kurt's, Kurt's my boy. See that? <laughs> well, no. But, but with that being said, that Kurt, that come on, there's things that were done right in it. Let me get to those. But like when I reviewed it, but but that's that's we got a huge selection of of horror movies today. Like if if I think about like it's hard to compare it to because like when when people went into I think when people went into theater and they're not you know watching horror movies when this movie was released this was a profound movie for them this was you know yeah i mean like if you don't have a big selection you know it was a profound movie for yeah. some people gene got for the Jim. release date wrong too 1980 <laughs> i hey, think 1980 yeah well you're i think wrong. that there's there's some there's some yeah there's some solid points on like so there's some holes i think in the plot in terms of like how the thing is directed, but it, it, I think it does atmosphere really well, even though agreed, it, I agree. It, I agree. It, even though it, you know, it has these these holes and these flaws. One of the things that I really loved, and I don't know, you you have to tell me since you you're both doing the horror podcast, but whether this was the first implementation into a film or one of the first implementations of what you know H.P. Lovecraft called non Euclidean geometry, which is fancy words for. <laughs> Hotel don't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Hotel don't make sense. It's basically fancy words for for yeah three dimensional space that doesn't make that's not in physics. Kurt, I'm going to interject right now. Yeah, go for it. Cabinet of Doctor Caligari. I think it's 1929. Okay, is the earliest one. Okay, okay, okay. So I love the implementation of that though because it's not on the nose. Like when it's when when Kubrick is filming it, maybe he's not the ideal horror director but i do i do love how that film like subtly like changes where windows and doors are because i think if if you're not your brain's not ready for it and you're and you're like not a horror aficionado and you go into that film and you just kind of watch it and you're following it i think it does get into your subconscious a little bit percent um yeah that's why the overlook hotel is a character and i I agree with that i I love that what that reminded me of was the video game series silent hill that uses a lot of that type of geometry where you know they use it as conceptually like i think it's spiritual in the movie right what you're saying gene about the hotel being like this this entity but in silent hill it's also i think it's also used as a like um metaphor for like 
trauma and like what the character was experiencing in the situation. And so I love that implementation because it, that are done well, even if there's a lot, also a lot of flaws. It's a, it's a I, mixed I think bag. <laughs> the, the thing in the plot that I do think works well, something that, that Gene kind of alluded to was, and, and something that's relevant for, for us at my house and for this podcast is the idea of generational cycles of trauma, right? Because yep. I don't yep. think to me how I'm interpreting it and you have to accept that the movie does a poor job at showing this on a surface level to get there. But my interpretation is Jack is in that picture from 1921 and that it is not Jack, but a relative. Same with the, the waiter that he meets in, in the gold room scene. He's talking to him in the bathroom. He does not give the same name as the dude that killed his family with an ax. Right, he gives the same last name. name. So there's yeah. these, to me, something that I enjoyed it's setting up these cycles of, and from my understanding, wildly differs from the book, but <laughs> but I like I like the allegory to to the cycles of generational trauma. There's these people that keep getting sucked back into the hotel's orbit, and they they cannot. Jack does not want to kill his family. Jack Nicholson maybe does a poor job of portraying that. There is exactly <laughs> one scene where you think for a second that maybe Jack is trying to fight the evil of the hotel. When he first has the nightmare about killing his family, he collapses to the floor. That is the one scene in Jack Nicholson's performance where I thought he is actually trying to stop himself from murdering his family instead of explicitly taking them to a hotel to murder them because that's how I felt the entire from the first scene with him. I was like, yeah, this dude's trying to kill his family with an axe, 100%. So yeah, I agree with you, it comes later. This idea of there's these people and these individuals and these families that keep getting sucked back into the orbit and this this cycle of generational trauma is bigger than them and they can't do anything to escape it. That's an idea that we combat here at my house every day and I appreciated. And again, you, you have to make some jumps and, and maybe people have a different interpretation than me, but I that was the allegory that I got out of the movie. And there's some subtle stuff that, that works well too. One of the YouTube rabbit hole movies, the him, <laughs> him, uh, uh, Danny driving his bike on the floor, the, Love the hard, the hardwood, and then the yep, carpet yep, is yep, implemented yep, yep. into the soundtrack later, little yep. stuff like that. The fact that all of the, every time he sees a ghost, there's a mirror or a reflective object. Yep, that's I something that. I didn't pick up on. That's kind of cool. The stuff that moves around, the the windows and doors, Kurt, I think are intentional. The, the tables window. and chairs in the background, Roger, that might just be a continuity error. Oh, absolutely. I think, um, I think there's a lot, the, the, a lot of continuity. The, yeah. There's a bear rug that disappears. Yes, yes. Like, so, did Kubrick do all that intentionally? You no, have to no. think that he is a god <laughs> emperor. You have to start with that assumption to think that <laughs> but that, that is the rabbit hole. Is right. We've decided he's so smart that if we don't like his movie. It's my fault because you're well, such a genius. Did he did he roast people that were like opposed to his? Like, no, didn't he, like doesn't it. he doesn't care. No, it's genius. it's all the neckbeards. <laughs> it's all the neckbeards on YouTube nowadays that are doing yeah. that. Okay. No, I, this is all. It's a huge set that was built in England. All the interior scenes were were set pieces set in England. You know, the exterior sequences was was actually. You know, there is the the Stanley Hotel, but most of the exterior sequences is the Overlook Hotel. And they do have that maze. And actually, the Stanley Hotel has a little bit of a, a maze outside, too, as well. Right. And, and can, but, oh, go ahead. can two yeah, go things ahead. be true? Before I lose it, the idea of 
Jack Nicholson is the wrong person cast for this role. Can he be the wrong per- in service of the plot? I actually agree. I think he is miscast because he is off kilter from the beginning. That being said, I really like his performance. If his performance was off kilter, crazy dude, that's going to kill his family. He's really good at being off kilter, crazy dude. That's going to kill his family. So I think, and Shelly Duvall, obviously there's a bunch of, of background behind the scenes stuff of her essentially being mentally tortured by yep. Kubrick yep. for all these scenes. Yeah, she she does a great job well, about conveying this battered housewife that the plot is driving her rather than the by, other way around. She's tortured by Jack, his right. wife, and Danny too. I, I think all of and the Danny's performances. Well. I actually really. I really like all the performances. Are the performances in the best service of the plot? That's where it starts to kind of fall apart for Yeah, I, I think I have different maybe words. Some of the characters. I, th- I, I kind of see Jack as someone who is a definitely a flawed person. But some, sometimes I, I think of multiple illness and, you know, guys can correct me. I, I think Isaac and, and Kurt, you know more about this than I do. But, um, you know, it seems people have maybe they have a propensity or that maybe they're, they don't have resilience to resist or to know themselves or to ha- they have a, people maybe don't have a strong sense of themselves. And so when they have, when trials or hard things come to them, they're more likely to lose themselves or to break down. And I think Jack exemplifies that. Does he? I agree. He does. He want to kill his family? No, he doesn't. But he can't resist well, the hotel's influence, and it takes him over. Uh, <laughs> you know, and that's which leads. is not set up pr- appropriately in this film. Agree with? I agree I, with I both think, of you right there. I, well, that is if, that is the dichotomy to, for to you. Jeans. If you're hold on, the final thing is, <laughs> I think if you believe Scatman Crothers and Danny had a little conversation about shining, I think. Uh, you know, does does Jack does and the only person who shines of the three beginning Jack, Wendy, Danny. The only one who shines at the beginning is Danny, but eventually Jack starts to shine. And at the end, at the climax of the movie, Wendy starts to shine as well. Yeah, and then I, Wendy I and Danny escape, and then Jack dies in the in the maze. Mm-hmm. But I, I see it as in terms of like um, resilience and not having resilience. Jack doesn't have it, whereas maybe Wendy and Danny have. And especially Danny, I see in a way the his little Tony guy is his coping mechanism mm-hmm. for his. Um, he kind of sees that he's maybe a little. He sees things, so he creates this Danny character. Well, this creature, this it's a little boy who lives in my mouth, he creates that, and it helps him to cope, you know, with regular life. See, yeah. that's where you're wrong. My YouTube article <laughs> said that that's him from the future, actually, and yeah. you're supposed to know that. Yeah. No, I was I was just going to say to to Gene's point. I think Jack is struggling w- a little bit with alcoholism, and it's interesting. Oh yeah, we, definitely, definitely. Because we call we call in the mental health side of things, we call um, you know alcohol spirits. You right. know, we before we had a theological approach to a lot of like mental health thinking. The idea, what came to my mind was just that, like you know, when people are um, under the influence of drugs that are psychoactive, you know that things become uh, interpreted as biological signals, perception gets warped, mm-hmm. which can be theological. That's why we have, you know, cultures have spiritual awakenings with psychedelics and things like that. So that's what, that's right. where I was going with that was like, you know, he's already, he's already in an adverse, like he's, he's already opening the gate, so to speak with this alcoholism. And then, you know, they get into this situation where they're isolated. He's clearly, so there's something else that's wrong probably. 
that just makes it worse. <laughs> yeah. But I, that's yeah. where, that's where my brain went, you know, talking. Yeah, he's just trying to be clean. He is clean for five months. I mean, it's a start, right? Yeah. yeah but yeah. then he, again, back to my theory, he loses himself. The Overlook Hotel starts to take him over. And then he has those sequences where he's in the bar, you know, and then there's, a, there's all the alcohols back and there's an actual bartender and he starts drinking again. So I think it's a sign of him losing Is himself. he actually drinking? Because they make it very clear that there's no alcohol in the hotel. Right, and I, this is again the problem is <laughs> that, like, <laughs> they 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 show the Jack Nicholson Ooh. character starting to lose it so early on in this film without introducing the actual ghostly presence, and so then you have this scene which is about an hour and twelve minutes into the film where he is in the gold room and then suddenly he's talking to Lloyd the bartender who just appears, and so is Kubrick trying to set it up where oh this is all in Jack's head which in the book, no, it was very clear very early on the hotel is horrendously haunted. And it just, his twisting of what the original intent of The Shining story was into what we have now in this movie yeah. is is uh, disgraceful. Well, there, <laughs> if, if I could you keep going back to the book, but I, I think that's a flaw in your analysis. But there your is, there, there is, is a clue. Because Jack, and, there Jack clue. and Shelley Duvall do not have The Shining. There's the clue. Danny was riding his Hot Wheel, which is a cool Hot Wheel, by the way. And, um, you know, and then, um, no, no, actually, he's playing with his, his, his cars. His cars. And uh, a little ball And the tennis ball him. shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jack and it's an, actual, it's an actual ball. But did, did Jack throw it? No. So it's an actual ball that, show, that shows up. So it kind of shows that these spirits, whatever, can manipulate real things. Because the ball, it's a real ball, and it came from somewhere. And I hate that. I hate, I, this is the crux, is I think that there's all these scenes that stand, and maybe this is why, Roger, this is why we regard this movie as a classic, <laughs> is because there's all, that gold, gold room scene where he's talking with the bartender mm-hmm. on its own, or that scene where he's in the bathroom with the with the waiter on its own is a really, really good scene. The here's Johnny scene. That has yeah. been, Great. that is well, actually, like. Let's ask Kurt for a second. Do you know what he's referring to when he says, here's Johnny? Here's Johnny. John, I actually, I know, <laughs> but I'm going to let Kurt, no, I'm going to let Kurt answer. You know, Gene and I are old guys. We're old. Yeah. So we know what that reference is. I thought it was, okay. I, I was thought alive. that The Shining was the reference. These two I was are alive the, are the in 1980. I was alive. Yeah. And you were too. I saw this dang thing in the theater. I'm watching this thing on Spool in the Fireweed Theater wanting to get the hell out of there as soon as possible. Um, I, I heard so that that was some kind of reference to some, it was some <laughs> working class thing. Oh, 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 okay. Okay. Isaac, what did okay. you do? It is a reference to the Johnny Carson show, yes. which yes. blew oh, me away Isaac, because yes. I thought that the reference, when I was growing up, like there's Finding Nemo, there's a reference to it in Finding Nemo. Okay. That's how ubiquitous, ubiquitous it is to pop culture. I thought his name was John, and he was saying, here's Johnny. <laughs> his name is not John. It's a reference to the Johnny Carson show, right. but now it, all the references in pop culture are a reference to The Shining, mm-hmm. not okay. a reference to the Johnny Carson show, right? right? Like, Ready Player One plays huge homage to this movie. Right. Yeah. And so this, I think this is the crux. That scene, the gold room scene, there's all these great visuals, great scenes, great music, and as a two-minute clip on YouTube or TikTok... You watch them and you're like, "This is so. This is so cool. This is wow. What a what a great movie. What a classic." But then when you put all those scenes in back to back to back order, it doesn't add up for me. Well, and I appreciate you saying that because there are good scenes in this film, 
but they only last for seconds. The, <laughs> the two little girls being chopped up in the in the alley or in the hallway. The blood. Well, it the doesn't blood, show them being chopped no, up. They're already. They're, they're just dead. In there. The oh. blood coming out of the elevator is a very nice scene. It appears multiple times. But it's it's just the movie as a whole does not understand horror. It's not scary on any level. And if you, I know you guys are uh, kind of a mental health, uh, <laughs> behavioral health kind of podcast. If you want to see what can happen if you watch this movie, look at any of these YouTube videos that these two guys have been talking about as far as explaining the genius of this film. Those people are all are you saying uh, that it's in, a, need, in need of some treatment. Roger, are you saying that it's a cult of Kubrick and that he basically just left a bunch of stuff open-ended mm-hmm. so that people yeah. could yeah. could like try and draw yeah. an interpretation and that was supposed to I hype don't under, the movie? I don't understand horror. I don't understand no. how to properly edit or frame my film. Um, but I'm a genius, so you guys go figure out why this is so great. Uh, like I have, I have a YouTube an interpretation no one's talked about yet. <laughs> I'll go for it. I'll go for it. Go for it. <laughs> twice, not once, but twice, it shows Danny watching Roadrunner cartoons. Yes. Yes. The Roadrunner. What is the Roadrunner? He never gets caught. You know, Wiley Coyote tries as hard as he can to catch him, never does. And so does Danny get caught in the maze? Nope. And Danny is actually when they go out to the maze, who's the one in charge there? You know, I mean, um, Jack has the axe, and he thinks he's going to get him. But no, he's Wiley Coyote. He doesn't stand a <laughs> chance. And as I said earlier, you want to go down the mental health bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. We're hearing it right now. Yes, yeah, yeah that was a YouTube thing. <laughs> that's, not, that's not my creation. Oh, that's, no. Yeah, oh, my yeah. gosh. I want to thank Gene and Roger both for being here. Uh, do do either of you want to, to sum up your, your closing arguments well, here before I we I don't think I need to say go. anything more, but Isaac and Kurt, I, I really do appreciate the opportunity to come on here. Gene and I were probably never going to do this movie on our, on our Gene and Roger <laughs> podcast. We just, well, we just did it. Okay, cool. I, I'm, I'm glad that, that we were able to talk about this. I think it's great that we all, I think, kind of fall in different spots. Roger, yes. you yes. told me multiple times because we've had to reschedule this episode. Yes. Either some form of, I can't believe I have to watch this movie again. And then finally this week, I'm so... The only good thing about me rewatching The Shining was I knew that I would never have to watch right. it again. <laughs> I, think, I think for me, at, at some point, I might revisit it just because I, I am such a fan of, of the music and the visuals that, that to me it's worth dealing with kind of a disjointed plot. Uh, Kurt, where I, I think I same thing, same thing. I think I think it's got its flaws, but it's got its merits. And I I think that a lot of Roger's criticism is true, but I think that like also, it was iconic probably for its time. I don't know, you know. It I was generally disliked. When generally, it okay, okay. I wasn't around then, Roger. Okay, nineteen eighty. <laughs> and and Gene, uh, on the other hand, now has a shining YouTube channel, and you can follow okay. him <laughs> every week. He does a new breakdown of the behind the scenes. No, I'm it. never doing this again. <laughs> Gene's like he rested me too hard. <laughs> <laughs>